Thank y'all for tuning in to the Floormaster Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Moses, the owner of Simply Intricate Designs, the number one flooring contractor in Baton Rouge, and this is the Floormaster Podcast, the live episode recording this Thursday, and the topic tonight is, are you efficient, are you effective? There's a difference, both are good, do you know the difference if you don't? My guest is going to teach you all about the ins and outs of it. Before we get into this episode, we want to give a huge shout out to our sponsors, the National Tile Contractor Association. I love the NTCA because it's an organization that's strictly about educating and providing resources for tile contractors in the tile industry to make the industry better, to make brands better, to make companies better, to make installations better. Um, NTCA provides all type of resources, tons of things. There's a list of things. I think there's over... 1,500 members in the National Tile Contractor Association. If you're not familiar with them, not associated with them, take some time today and go become a member. You will definitely benefit from it from day one. Our second sponsor is GoBoard from Johns Mansville. GoBoard is an innovative tile bagger board that is lightweight, it's easy to cut, it's waterproof, and the price point on GoBoard is a amazing i can't i can't stress that enough the price point on a go board is amazing it's sturdy it's durable and the best part about it is it does not require banding you do not have to band it there's tons of sealants although that go board provides approved sealant that they sell they don't beat you over the head to make you use their products there is at least six approved sealants that you can grab if the go board sealant isn't available to you. So if you're not familiar with GoBoard, go check them out. Now, let's hop into this show, hop into this guest. Our guest today on the Floor Master Podcast is the the one and the only Oliver Ledbetter of Little Tall Guy. Oliver, thank you for coming on the show. Please do me a favor, tell everybody who you are, what you do, where you do it, how you do it, why you do it, when you do it, and all that good stuff. All right. Well, it's a... Uh... Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, I operate Little Tile Guy in Western North Carolina with my wife, Brianna. I started my company back in 2010, and it became Little Tile Guy in 2012. So we've been, uh, I've been running it since then. Me and my wife got married in 2018, and we've been doing it together since then. Uh, we work together, just the two of us, full-time for our company. I've been doing tile my entire professional life. That's what I, my first job other than working with my dad when I was a kid was, was into tile and I've never done anything else really. So I, I've been doing it for almost 17 years now. So that, that Professionally explains, for a little less than that. That explains why you're so good. Well, we all have improvements to make, right? But I do love the trade very much. Oh, I love what I do. Also, also humble. He's so, he's so humble. Um, I hope that kind of really come across, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's not uh, common that you hear uh, people say that tile was their first job. 
You know, we, we start out other places and, and we, we end up in the tile trade. But that's that's unique that tile was your first uh, professional job. It was, yeah. Yeah, I was working with my dad and uh, I was too young to have a normal job back then. But I, he went out to lunch with one of his friends uh, who was a tile contractor in the area. And uh, I went, I tagged along for lunch that day. I was fresh off my permit. And um, his friend ended up asking me if I wanted to to drive him around for the afternoon, dropping off tile, and he was making his phone calls. So I went to work that afternoon and never stopped. What was it about tile that that, that got you locked in? Because some a lot of people don't make it past that those first few days. I I did love to work hard. Like I I unloaded trucks for those first few weeks and. And uh, I was hooked. Yeah, I, I just wanted to work, and I liked. I wanted to make money. There wasn't a lot of ways for someone fifteen years old to make good money. And and the guy that I started working for was an excellent, excellent guy. We're still very close friends to this day. And he really showed me how cool it could be to to be in a trade like tile, just to be proficient at it and to to master a trade like that. I enjoyed working with him and his team so much that yeah I, I went to work that afternoon and then showed up the next morning and I kept working with him until uh, he started hiring contractors subcontractors instead and so I started my own business so that I could become a subcontractor under him and then I branched out on my own a little bit after that so how, how long did you work for him before before you started your own uh probably three or four years maybe a little bit more than that um you know, you, fir- you spend your first year or two learning a lot, uh, and then then you need to you need to give back. You know, you need to stay around long enough to to make them some money. When someone offers you that that chance to to, to learn as part of their crew, uh, you got to stick around long enough to make them some money too. So I worked for him for a little while, and even after I started my own company, uh, I still subbed all of my work from him for quite a while before uh, there was enough work to go around that we. I started put, taking on side jobs as well, and then that just grew into me having enough work to do on my own. He still operates uh, his company as well, and uh, yeah, we've we've stayed friendly competition, uh, even though I did run my company in uh, another state for a while. So I moved away and came back. What was the what was that transition like from uh, being under somebody to to starting starting for yourself? Did you learn um, a lot more once you were on your own? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we all have our ways of doing things, you know, and he, he had some, some crews that were turning out some, some really good work. Um, I, I was, I, I was pretty focused on staying clean. I've always wanted to be super clean when I worked and, um, I, I was, you know, I was a helper for one of his installers for, for a good two years, the first two years I was working. So I wasn't really setting on my own. I was mm-hmm. just helping him. And then I started, being the installer instead. And it was just kind of a gradual progression through all of that. And it, it got to a point where it, it had grew to something that I just, I could stop taking jobs from anybody I wanted to and focus on what I wanted to do. And that's how I ended up being full-time on my own. So it was, it was slow enough that there wasn't any really big jump into the deep end moment for me. Cause I, I always could have had work if I had asked for, uh, for some, but it just there was enough work to go around. There still is too. There's there's a lot of tile work getting done in the in the area where we live. It's a lot of talking 
tile work getting done everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, it just construction work is it's, it's a crazy time to be in the trades that's for sure yeah yeah it's definitely uh different from a year ago <laughs> it's yeah been, it's been non-stop for yeah and i people. all that process for me I, I started my company in 2008 when i when i first started having my own name so i could sub for him and so that was a weird time too 2008 2009 and so I've i've seen it change in and out quite a bit since then this is a, this has definitely been a weird chapter right. in construction. So I'm going I'm to ask the question because I'm not sure if uh, anybody else knows, but I know I don't know. The name Little Todd Guy. Please, please, <laughs> please help me understand. Okay. So when I started my company, I had a really cool name that I was really into. It was called In Style. And, and style was spelled with a big T-I-L-E. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty proud of that. It was catchy and it was clean. And and no matter what I did, I could not get anybody to use that name because I had started at 15 years old, you know, with that crew. I was the little tile guy. And no matter what I tried to do to change it, that's what I would, I would overhear builders and, and homeowners, you know, out in the other room. And they, is a little tile guy here? Like that, that's how they referred to me and it. Yeah. It became a joke and a nickname and then just snowballed into me giving up on, on fighting it. And I just, in 2012, I just went officially little towel guy. So you changed, people were going to call me either way. So you changed the company name. Uh, I did. I, it was, it was relatively unofficial. It was more of a DBA at that, at, you know, early on. But when I went full LLC on my own, I, I just ended up going with little towel guy. Cause I felt like it was a losing battle to pick anything else. Got it. I'm not very tall, just in case as anybody that knows me. I'm I'm only five five, so I the little tile guy is a nickname that was made up by everyone else, not by me. <laughs> right, right. Did you see like a change? Um, you know, I'm I'm big on branding. So uh as far as embracing that, did you see like a uh, 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 that impact your your business? Yeah, I think I think people sometimes pick us out of a list, especially now that we're, you know, we're more established where we're in, you know, in the top of the list for searches in our area. I think the name catches some eyes, people, and then people meet me and they get a smile out of it because they put it together. They realize where it's come from. So yeah, it, it's memorable and, and it, it tells a story on its own, which is if you can do those two things with branding, get people to remember it and, and tie it to you, specifically then I I feel like it's accomplished its goal so I I have fun with it I you know I've I know I'm small I I, I've (laughs) I've gotten this far with it and it it usually gets a smile and people remember it so that's the purpose of the branding in the first place hey as long as you're getting the job done um, yeah I do I'm going to regret saying this but size does not matter that's horrible (laughs) but I really mean yeah you know sometimes (laughs) the tile trade can be kind of rough on the tall folks Oh no! Trust me, life can yeah. be rough on so, tall people. But um, picking up tile and, and and moving it either for flooring or from from walls, yeah, it's uh, taxing on the back. Um, so let's hop into our topic for today. All right. Now, when we talked uh, previously, my mindset was strictly to talk about efficiency, and you uh, got me to do a one eighty and. Make sure that we don't confuse being efficient with being effective. Uh, 
neither one is better than the other, but it needs to be understood which avenue we're trying to go down. So do us a favor and break down the your opinion on the difference between efficiency and effectiveness on the job. All right. Well, it was the first thing that I thought of when you told me you wanted to talk about efficiency as this, you know, the the topic for this this show. And just to get it out, first of all, it's not as if I'm some expert in this. I work on this all the time, and and a lot of this is based on books that I've read on business and. And there's a couple of authors that have really weighed heavily into this, but it's something that I've really used in in my own business. So I, when you asked me if there was something that I would share on that topic, this is this is what I came up with. So the 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 main the main thing that I wanted to talk about with that is that it's very easy to just figure those two words are different ways of saying the same thing. If, if we use efficient or effective, it's just it all means success or productivity. It's the same thing, but with with the English language, we, we have separate words for every nuance of meaning. So they're not, they're not the same word by definition. They mean something, something different. So to, to make it as simple as possible, efficiency is based on how we're doing something, whereas effectiveness is based on what we're choosing to do in the first place. So efficiency is the how, effective is the what, what are we doing? And so when we look at efficiency, we're talking about doing more with less, keeping our overhead minimal, making sure we're not wasting time or any other resource. That's all doing something effectively is bringing in all those elements. But if we're looking at whether or not we're being effective, it's it's about, should I do this at all? Is this a good decision for me? Is it a good decision for my company? Is it going to be productive? And, and ultimately it has to do with, am I going to, to succeed in achieving my goal? And the reason why in business, a lot of research that I've done on this subject, I separate that so so heavily, is that uh, we have a lot of examples that show that chasing efficiency can really borderline on counterproductivity. It can really drag us down, yeah. and and it rides a, a fine line with with being counterproductive. And so we don't, none of us want to to deal with that. And I think why it comes up so often is, is we think of efficiency most of the time when we, when we, we wish we had more of it. We don't really ever look at ourselves and like, oh, I did that very efficiently. Usually when we think of the word efficient in a sentence, it's, I need to be more efficient. That's almost always when we use that word right. because we're feeling overwhelmed. We feel like we don't have enough time to implement our plans properly. We feel like we're in a constant battle with, this is important, but this is more urgent. So I've got to prioritize and I don't have time to do both. So I have to do this one. And we just end up week in and week out. That's our, that's our mental mindset is what, what has to happen today and what can wait till tomorrow. And we end up with that overwhelmed feeling. And then we can't add more time. So instead we convince ourselves, I I have to be more efficient. I need to find a way to do more in the time I already have. I need to be faster. I need to be cleaner. I need to get my guys to work together more seamlessly. I need to have things more ready for each job so that we can dive right in. And and I do this all the time myself. It's just this constant spinning in your head. Like, did I miss something? Am I going to miss something? Did I plan this well enough? Do I have time to do this properly? And and so that's when we bring in that subject of efficiency. It's just under. It's it's constantly a source of stress. I need to be more efficient. 
but one of the uh, one of the examples that that I've heard used to illustrate this this problem is one that I mentioned to you. Uh, this was in a in a book about bigger business, which a lot of us run on smaller businesses, but it translates so well. It was uh, an author by the name of um, of Edward Tanner, I think. Uh, he wrote a, a book about the problems with big business and all the data they collect and, and how it can really just bog them down the amount of time they devote to trying to find efficiency. And when you get into these huge scale businesses and one of the examples that he used was uh, uh, an artillery weapon that was created for, for world war one by the French. And it, it could do something that no other weapon of the time had been able to do. And that is it could reset itself to fire again without having to be re-aimed. So it accepted its own recoil. It was called a hydro pneumatic recoil, something like that. Yeah. So it was the first time ever that a, a big gun like that could be fired and then refired without having to re-aim it. And it, it just drastically increased the efficiency for, for using it. But when they brought that weapon into World War I, this super efficient killing machine, they ran into a problem because the Germans had one. They had developed their own version of this. So this was an incredibly efficient machine, but because its goal was to end World War I before it got started, instead of that, it ended up locking both sides into this huge drawn-out trench warfare period where neither one could make any, any progress. And, it, and instead of shortening the war, it made it last way longer. So this is just an example that's used to, to show that something can be very efficient but if it doesn't accomplish the goal that we had for it, then it's completely ineffective. It's not successful. It's not productive. And, and there's there's so many different lessons that we can, different history that you can look at to prove that point over and over. That as humans and as business owners, we feel this pressure to be more efficient. But sometimes just searching for efficiency can take us down such a path that we end up just losing time over it and we haven't actually accomplished anything productive. So I try to think about that when I, when we, when we make our plans and what am I actually trying to accomplish for our business? Is this a good decision or am I going to spend so much time trying to be efficient at this, that it might even be better not to do it in the first place. That, um, that makes me think about, uh, myself because, um, like many of us, uh, you're in in the moment on a project or on an installation, and that that thought comes up of I need to be able to do this better and faster mm-hmm. because I want to be at um, this milestone on the project quicker than I'm I'm getting there. And you'll think, what tool can I get or what product can I use? How can I make this uh, this this thing speed up? But then you have to go through the series of testing periods to say, okay, when I have to one, I have to spend money to get this tool to see if it's going to speed my project up, or I have to spend money to get this product to see if it's going to speed my project up. And by the time you end up doing this, now you've taken two, three steps back. It may not be as effective as you want it to be. I I, yeah. I, I, I use my my uh, my example with um, my Lady Creek shower. Me being a firefighter, I'm always thinking of 
I need to be done way faster than this. But the reality of it is, I just don't have as much time as a full-time toddler installer. So I'm always thinking, what system can I use? Um, what product can I use to speed this up? Do I need to get the, the IQ saw? Um, I need to change this setup. Like, what do I need to do to become faster? And I, I looked at trying out uh, the, the, the ladder creep products. So I told my rep, hey, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm trying to get done. Um, this is how much time I have. I want to use your product. So because I'm, I'm expecting it to be faster. It turned out not to be because the method that we went down using was the banding method. I'm just not fast at banding. Now, had I, had I uh, told my rep that, hey, man, look, I just want to make sure that this is properly done and ready for tile as soon as possible. It doesn't have to be done like yesterday. It, I don't have to do it faster than I'm normally doing it. I just need to know a system that's going to work that I can incorporate and continue incorporating. So now I'm being effective. That wasn't my mindset. So it's a perfect example for me that uh, I took three steps back trying to get two steps ahead. Yeah, which yeah, and I do it myself as well. Just, I, it's very easy for me to 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 say this, but I, I constantly have to remind myself because I do the exact same thing, and we and, and we do it so quickly sometimes that we don't even give ourselves that testing period. We're like already on to the next thing, and and like you found. You know, maybe that maybe that method that you used works great for someone else. Maybe that's their their preferred way of doing it. But if it's not if it's not accomplishing the goal that you set out for it, then it's it's not being effective, no matter how efficient it may be. And see, that's the and, that's and, the thing about it. That's the thing about it. Is it was very effective. When I posted pictures, people were like, "It's definitely not going to leak." which is what I want. That's my goal. I do not want this shower to leak because I tore it out because it leaked. So effectiveness, it was 100%. But my mind was set on being efficient. And all I could see was the efficient part of it. But I was overlooking an effectiveness like, dude, this is a solid installation. It's a solid shower. But you just want it done fast. Is, right. that, the, is that the important part? Because we're here to make sure that this doesn't ever happen to this customer again. Yeah, that's that's a really good way to to illustrate it. That that example fits really well. Just that almost like you can't even enjoy the fact that you really built that solid shower. Now that customer never has to worry about a leaking shower again. But that was lost on you because you were wishing it was done faster and it took you too long. So now you take that pressure on yourself. And it's something that, I think all of us do a lot, especially if a lot of us that, that run our own company, we have that personality type. That's why we have our own company. Yeah. I, I, I always want to improve. I always want to be better. And in, in that way, like you said at the very beginning, it's not that we're saying efficiency is counterproductive. We need to be efficient. We need right. to make sure we're not wasting time, wasting materials. We, If we can do more with what we have without having to, to lose something for it, that just makes sense. It's a good business practice. But it's more just the the mindset or the search for for just that one more step towards more efficiency that we just never give ourselves a break from to to make sure that are we accomplishing what we wanted to be in the first place and if we are then may, you know maybe we need to take a look at 
what's causing that to be the case that we are being effective. We are succeeding and focus on that for a while instead of trying to improve it by more efficiency. Is there possible that we could take some of that time and, and just take it to look at what we're doing instead of how we're doing it? Is there something that we just don't need to do at all? Is there something we're not doing that we really wish we were, but we're not giving ourselves time to do it? I do that to myself all the time. Like this is how really how I want to do this, but I haven't given myself enough time to do it. So now I got to find another way right. that's going to get this done faster, but still be okay. And the only, oftentimes I think the only ones that the, the only one that puts that pressure on us is us. And that's why I, I try and keep this. I have this little note on my desk that says efficiency versus effectiveness, just so that I remember to think about this when I'm feeling that overwhelmed feeling, like I just don't have enough time and I, and I, and I get, I get after myself for it. Now, um, I would have to, uh, disagree that the only person that puts the pressure on us is us because there are some installers or some in, uh, companies that are working at subcontracts. We got a lot of people out there. They work, work for the stores. They're working for uh, builders and the pressure is there before the job starts. Mm, that's an interesting point. Yeah. I, 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 I'm ignorant of that, I guess being, you know, by myself, I'm the one that I'm going to, I'm at the top of the company. You know, I don't have anybody but myself putting all this pressure on, but it's a good point that if you're, if you're working for someone else that's pushing you to be faster or, more efficient all the time. And that pressure, that, that, that's a hard, a hard way to start the, uh, start a project. If you already feel that. I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat with you. Um, I'm the one doing the job from start to finish. I would be the one bringing in subs. Uh, so the pressure that's being applied is from me. Yeah. That's, that's where I, that where I am. But I, 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 I see your point though. Yeah. There's, if the more people you have, you know, the more important all of this becomes to make everybody work together. So let me ask you this. Um, what is your standpoint on uh, working as a sub? I know you do a lot of your projects and you probably have a pipeline that's filled up enough to where you don't need it. But um, what what has been your experience? Uh, do you bid jobs for for other other contractors or how do, how do you how do you manage that? Yeah, we, we do take some jobs from other contractors. Um, the, like I, I mentioned earlier, the, the gentleman that I started with, he still works in, in my area. He has a, a larger company. Uh, we, we have branched into slightly different markets, and, and we, we trade work back and forth. We have so much work in this area that there's no, no need for us to be uh, you know, seriously competitive. We're very friendly, competitive. And, and so we take some work from him. We do have builders that we work for more more often and and so we'll bid jobs for them as they come up and i I think just maintaining control make sure that that someone else's pressure doesn't end up getting brought into your your timetable sounds sounds too good to be true because it just happens a lot but it's it's just something that i try to keep in mind so that we, we just got out of a kind of a traffic jam with our scheduling where we had a job that got severely delayed and it kind of caused a little bit of a pileup because we were trying to move other jobs forward and, and, and switch things around and just the mental stress that, that that caused for probably about a month. Um, 
it wasn't it doesn't have to be anybody's fault but sometimes that does come with with being a subcontractor as you especially being in tile you know we're one of the last trades on the site so all of the 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 delays and pressures that have been building up until that point kind of end up in our lap as the as some of the last people in and how how do you manage those relationships going into it i know uh you've been dealing with i guess you know uh the same uh, group of contractors, but initially let's say for that contractor that um, is in a situation where they've been doing work for themselves, they've been producing their own leads and they're presented with the opportunity to work with contractors. How do you, how do you approach that to say, um, I want to, I want to keep a, a certain level of control that way. Like you said, those pressures don't get dumped on me and then I'm being overworked. Uh, Things, things start getting out of my hand, quality starts slipping. How, how would you advise somebody to, to, to manage that relationship? Well, the, the first thing that I would tell myself because of how often I, I fail at this and, and my wife is, is the one that usually tries to be the voice of reason with me and this is, is don't, do not promise something you can't fulfill. Or, or maybe you could say, don't promise something that you shouldn't fulfill. If you don't have time to do something next week don't tell them that you can get it done next week and i'm terrible about that because they you know you're on a job and maybe they add this one little thing where you get there and you find out that they're already behind and they need to try and get this done so that cabinets can come in or whatever and you say okay well i'll try and find a way to get that done for you i am so bad at that (laughs) i say that all the time i'll find a way i'm pretty sure i just said that today on a phone call and now you're bringing it up (laughs) i'll find a way to get that done for you and for them, that works great. But for you, you know, you, you add a couple of those on top of each other and you can end up in that exact space that we were talking about mentally where you're just completely overwhelmed. I don't have enough time. And so I think being reasonable with yourself as a business owner, especially with me, I'm the owner and I do all the installations with my wife. So I can only be in one place at once. And I have to remind myself of that often. If you have more crews then you know, you, you have a little bit more to play with as far as moving some things around. But if you're not reasonable with yourself, what your goals are, then you just, you end up chasing them all the time. If you set that bar just a little too high uh, to where you feel like just all your evenings are spent on the paperwork side because you spent the whole day on the job site and we end up working right through the weekends to try and keep up with the, the unreasonable schedule that you set for yourself it can very quickly become counterproductive. Right. For uh family life and uh yeah. peace of mind. Um now well, one thing I, I noticed in that, that that last uh statement was uh goals. Some some companies goals, some installers goals is make money and go home as fast as possible. You uh definitely seem to have uh different goals and bigger goals. How do you, how you incorporate that or how you keep that on the forefront of what you're doing on each project to say, Hey, look, this is why we exist. This is why we're here. It's not just about the money. It's not just about me. It's not just about the customer. Uh, how, how do you, how do you tie that back into to the everyday job? Well, just being very clear on, on what the goals are for my family and what we want our business to serve 
what purpose we wanted to serve. Um, we, we, we talked about mentioning quickly what, what, what our goals are. Me and my wife have been, uh, had the privilege of working in a lot of disaster relief efforts in different places of the world. Um, the construction rebuilding work for uh, when natural disasters hit. And we've done a lot of volunteer construction work in the, the years that we've been married. And we love that. It, it's so important to us. And, and for us, we want to be able to continue to do that. COVID has kind of thrown a little bit of a, a wrench in those gears for a little bit of time, but that will change hopefully soon and we'll be able to get back to that. But we, we need our business to be able to support us since that's what we've chosen to be our goal. So we, we need to, uh, oftentimes we don't get a huge amount of notice when those needs arise because natural disasters can pop up or, or whatever the case may be. And we want to be able to, we, we don't want to be so locked in that we can't, we can't go and, and do those things because we just have too much to do here. So we, we try and maintain a little bit stricter control on our scheduling. Try not to get out too far ahead of ourselves with getting, you know, months and months ahead. We find in our area, things change so much that trying to schedule beyond six or eight weeks is just a little bit of a exercise in futility because it just changes so much in that time. Uh, so we, we shorten our, how far out we, we plan work. We, we have a relationship with a lot of our builders uh, that, that I've been very thankful for. They're, they've been supportive of what we try to do if we end up being gone for a few months at a time. We try and finish up all of our projects in a timely manner before then so that we can be gone and then come back. So that just being our very specific goal, we, we do devote time to thinking about how do we make sure that not only is our business accomplishing that goal, but that it's also not preventing it in any way. Right and on. if, if your goal is different, you know, that, that would be the conversation you would have, whatever this goal is, is my business or is my decisions, is my current situation working towards that goal? Or am I, have I kind of gotten wrapped up and, and lost? I, I, I know I've said these words before, but I think sometimes people's businesses can become this, this beast that has to be fed. Like you, you, you've created it and now you got to keep it going. Right. And, and it, it can take everything. And some guys love that. Some guys just, just that's their, their element. They love it. Just all the, everything, energy all the time. And, and that's awesome. I, I took my hat to those guys. They just take it all in stride and, and yep. just keep moving. But if you have a different goal that you really want, whether it's to spend more time with your family or whether it's you wanted to own your own business so that you could control your schedule and, and have more time for whatever the other thing is that you wanted, just, just make sure it's being effective at that. Make sure that it's accomplishing that. And if it's not, maybe you need to look, is it still the most important goal? And if it is, what do you need to change? Cause you don't want to have regrets. That's my, that's my big, I don't want to have regrets right. at, at the end of it. Like I've, you know, we come from a younger, I come from a younger generation. Some of our older, you know, my grandparents, they work their entire lives away. And and that's oftentimes that you, you'll hear them lament that fact that they, they spent most of their youth. And of course they have a work ethic that we need more of today. It's not at all that you shouldn't work hard, but if you work your entire life away, but that wasn't your goal, then what if you regret it later? I, I would I would be so sad if that was the case for me. I don't want that to be the case for me or my wife. Right. I think I think uh having having that clear goal, I'm I'm big on uh vision 
and and purpose uh, because it's important to know where you're headed and why you're headed there. I think that's 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 a huge part of being effective because you can think that you're effective, but if you're not reaching those uh, those those milestones, reaching those points, you just did something. And it may be uh, something good, but um, it's it's not true effectiveness. Yeah, um, yeah. I think we, we we talked about in our earlier conversation. I think one of the in, in the tile trade, one of the the places that this little conundrum that we have really shines is is with the CTI test, uh, because the the goal of that test is to finish within the allotted time. That's that's it. CTI. That is the that is the end of the, of it, right? That's that's the goal. I'm going to finish goal. this test in time. That's it. But we can spend so much time and energy, mental energy, especially trying to be as efficient as possible that we, we end up, we don't have, we've, we've run out of time and then we rush to the end of it. And then we, if we don't pass, then all of our efforts for efficiency were ineffective. Oh, look, so, that's, that's one of the things that I remember um, at, at my CTI that I missed by four points. But I'm yeah. definitely gonna take it again. So close. You um, got it for sure next time. Four points. Look, I could I could have got it last time, but I didn't. Uh one of the things that, that was stressed that I mean it doesn't have to look pretty. Cause like you said, the goal is to finish and to pass. Yeah. If you get ninety percent uh the way through and it's pretty, you miss the mark. Like you you didn't accomplish what you came to accomplish, so yeah, that, that's it's just a, a, it's like a little mini case study on this on this difference if if that happens to you. That's that's a perfect example um, because there's many people that 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 don't make it through that on the job site would be uh, efficient and effective, but for this task, it's just being able to keep that at the forefront and say, hey, I came here for a specific reason. This is why I'm here. I need to get this done. Mm-hmm. Um, so now let's get into like job site. What is some of uh, little tile guide techniques that keep you as efficient as possible would also be effective. Um, I see you use a lot of go board. I checked out some of uh, some of the posts. And like you said earlier, you're really clean, which I need a class in please teach me how to do this because i'm uh, i'm when it comes to to cleanliness my mindset is effectiveness i didn't come here to be clean i get the, i gotta get the time. <laughs> I gotta, so give us give us some techniques so so people can understand of course they can't see it uh they they can't live it but some things that that work in your favor when you when you walk onto a project well, for me, for me personally, being clean is 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 that saying like clean is smooth and smooth is fast. I have always been that way from when I first started. I just don't I don't like getting stuff on me. I don't want my tools to have stuff on them, and not because I have that personality quirk, more because I just don't want to deal with it. I don't want to clean it up afterwards. I want to move on to something else, and uh, so that helps me. But I, I've also worked alongside a lot of guys that did not care at all if they were covered in thin set from head to toe. And 
you know, I make fun of them and tell them it looks like they lost a fight with their mud bucket. And, <laughs> but, but some of them do really amazing work. I mean, they spend the time and get it cleaned up afterwards and I feel like they're wasting time. But at the end of the day, if we both take a picture of our work and it looks amazing, it, it's working for them. And, and a lot of them, they might look at what I do, you know, trying to take the time to be clean. And they may think that that's really inefficient. They think I'm wasting time. Uh, so, but it works for me. It, it helps me to be fast. Uh, I am the one coming back to, to grout. So I got to do the cleaning if I'm coming back and I just don't want to, I don't want to deal with that. So for me, being clean is, is the most efficient way I found to, to work and to succeed. Um, another thing that I found that we, we talked specifically about, about go boards since they're taking care of us today on this show, what, what I have found for myself is that sometimes locking into one brand specific system all the way through prevents um, presents some inefficiencies. Maybe this system isn't the best solution for this project. And now, like you said, I got to find another one. I got to find something else. So I have found for me, the most efficient way to be productive is to have one set of products that I can do 99% of my projects with. I don't have to find another solution. I can do it with these products. And that, that goal has what, that's what's kept me in, in packing mud pans. I still haven't made the switch uh, because no matter what the shape size of the shower is, I can do it with a mud pan and I've been doing it for all these years so I can do it quickly and I don't have to stock anything else. I can just stock my mud and I know I can do it. Then with, with go board, I have found that that is the best product that I have used for being able to build anything that comes up on site, different shapes of showers. I built a tub this year, a full Roman tub out of nothing but go board, you know, just, just all this custom stuff comes up and, and 99% of the time I can build it with go board. And, and sometimes for the really fancy stuff, I, I do add another waterproofing layer with paint-ons to just more against user error. But so much of the time I can just do it with GoBoard. And that's why I use it. All right. You know, I, I love the folks over there. I've talked to them extensively through the last few years. Um, but even if I didn't have that relationship with them, I would be buying it and using it on every one of my projects that I could because it works for me so well. And I do that with all of my products. I just want them to work 99% of the time so that I don't have to spend the time trying to find something else. And I've struggled myself with the banding, just like you said. I'm, I'm not that great with that either, especially being so picky about being clean, like trying to keep all those layers super clean. I drive myself crazy and waste so much time doing that. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm, I'm the type that I don't worry about that part of it. I, I got people that, that, that comment all the time that was like, uh, um, Carl joked with me on on my last uh, shower and was like, next next shower I'm gonna send you uh, a bucket and some sponges. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like you know they got they, there's their installers that are wiping the joint clean and just like yeah yeah that's me that's me. I can't say that. I mean, the time is being spent either before or after. Or underneath the job, I can see if it's on my floor. I'm definitely wiping that. If it's on my tools, I'm probably gonna wipe it, depending on what things that I'm working with. But um, it's it's just those things. It's just like 
is is this holding me back or is it keeping it keeping the job going forward? Um, yeah, and that is what's most important, right? I mean, if it works for you, I think we get into that a lot with especially on social media. We're also quick to say, well, this is how you should be doing this. Like this is it works for me, so it must be the best solution for everybody. And and whether we say it that way or not, we end up leaving comments like that. But if it if it works for you and doesn't work for me, then you should be the one doing it and vice versa. If you're really trying to succeed in whatever you your goal is for that project, you got to do what works for you. I noticed um, on one of your posts since you since you mentioned doing uh, doing mud beds on everything, I noticed that there was either training or something that I saw you, you know, practicing on on a mud pan. Uh, what was what was that event that you went to? Um, I did go to uh, Schluter did a training course in South Carolina at the CTAF facility uh, that was specifically it was a special event specifically geared to incorporating Schluter with mud beds gotcha. and, and in situations where you didn't want to use uh, one of their foam trays. And, um, you know, we hands down have to give Schluter their 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 credit for how much training they do. So I, I've been doing mud pans since I was a kid, since I was 15, 16, I was mixing mud for that. That's how I've, I've always been around doing floors and I have, I have tried the different foam pans and I have nothing against them except for the fact that I'm not as fast with them and, right. and I, I can't use them for every project. So I, I stick with what works for me. Now tool set up, you, you, you using, uh, I'm, I'm assuming that you're going to be snapping stuff. There are people that are um, using grinders for cuts on insides with whale tails, um, setting a saw up in in the room with them. What's what's your your tool setup like? We being here in in Western North Carolina, we get a long period of really good weather, and we do usually set up outside if the weather is good for it. Um, Usually we would only go through the trouble of trying to do dust management and, and do all of that inside if the, either the weather was bad or if we're going up way too many stairs. Um, and, and I have to, I have to give that all of that credit to my wife. Cause I, she usually is the one running back and forth to the saw and, and, and I'm out to mix mud. She, she does that all day for me. Shout out to Mrs. Ledbetter. Absolutely. Brianna, she is tireless when it comes to uh, running back and forth for me to get, this and that she does it all day and she's been doing it with me long enough now that she she gets it before I ask for it she's she's an ama- she's the best helper I've ever had and I would say that even if I didn't know she was going to hear this later so that's a huge part of the system like that's a huge part of the system to have yeah. an in sync partner that is oh, yeah. a step ahead of you to say hey look um I can be on this side of the wall you can be on that side of the wall by the time you get here I'll be on another wall we'll keep rolling yeah, she she has definitely made me both more efficient and more effective, and she she has the mindset to to want to to make that happen, and that's I think the hardest thing to find sometimes these days. I have had quite a few guys working for me at different times. I've had multiple crews, and um, we're just in this endless desire to to work on our goals and efficiency versus effectiveness making sure we're being as good as we can we've ended up being just back to just the two of us it, it works well for us our goal of being able to leave for months at a time is difficult when you have other people relying on you to supply their work uh, so it wasn't working 
towards our goal. And then we've ended up back to just the two of us and we are, we enjoy it. It doesn't work for everybody. I know a lot of couples say that would probably be the end of their marriage if they tried to work full time together. I, uh, I would, I would be us. willing to try it. I don't know how it's going to work <laughs> out, but I will be willing yeah. to try it. It, um, it works for us. We're, we love it. My wife would probably end up like, you know, I can't work for him. Um, <laughs> I put all the blame on me. Um, but that that's that's definitely a, a a huge point because I myself I do not have uh, the instinct partner. Um, I had a helper that was getting into the trades. He wanted to learn, um, but at the time I couldn't keep him busy enough to to mm. e- expect him to deal with the roller coaster of the schedule. So I'm back to just me, which is what brought the topic up because it's like, how do I? get back to where I was with a helper by myself. That was the mindset. Like I can't, I don't have, I can't afford to slow down, which I really can because it's like, all right, I slow down. I see where I'm good at. I see how to plan out a job better instead of just being able to show up and be like, depending on somebody Hey, go run the cuts, uh, go grab that tool, get everything set up. I'm going to be inside. So now it's forcing me to be, more uh effective in planning yeah yeah i did i worked by myself for for years before i got married and it definitely is a a different approach to everything you you do have to spend time thinking about being efficient because you don't want to waste your efforts but you know you if you if you ask yourself how how am i going to maintain the same pace as when i had a helper the the answer is you're you're going to kill yourself that's what it's feel (laughs) like that's what it feels like if you and then you know you get back to talking about goals. If your goal is to be in business for a long time, can you burn yourself out like that? Is it is it going to be effective at that goal of being a successful business for a long time in your area? No. If you burn yourself out, then you have to slow way down. Right. And and you may have been done all of that in the name of being more efficient, but if it didn't accomplish your goal of of being successful in your business for a long time, then then you. You know, it's not effective anymore. And, and I've been there, you know, we will, I'm, we sounds like we're similar that I will absolutely do that to myself. I would drive myself right into the ground, trying to be faster, trying to get more done. And yeah, that burnout is a real thing, especially now with all the, you know, the weird pandemic stuff that the supply is hard to get and just all this extra pressure. I think the, 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 the the man is, is a part of that because, uh, these just don't stop. Like people yeah. just, I, Hey, the next person wants, I want a shower done. Um, I want my floor r- removed and, and replaced. And again, you can easily get into that, that area to say, I can squeeze this in when realistically you, you shouldn't, you might, you might yeah. be able to, but you shouldn't. So now you, uh, fill up a day that could have been spent on the business. That's sure. going to get you 10 steps ahead, but you're so focused on, I got to be on the job. I got to get this. I can't let uh, a lead slip through my hands. Um, and then, like you said, now you're being counterproductive because a day in the office will get you way ahead being able to plan and map things out instead of just showing up to a job site because people want you. Yeah. And even, even just maintenance on your company, I, Sometimes I get home at the end of, of the day and I look at my shop and 
just like how like I'm not that kind of person. My shop is a mess, my and I hate that. I, I'm not that kind of person. Everything has a place in my shop to be perfectly put away. And so then, you know, we get into this whole, this whole thing, this conversation with yourself. Like I need to be more efficient so that I have time to come home and get my shop back in order. And because how good would that be for your business? If you could have a whole afternoon with nothing to do, but make your shop in a better space than it is now, you'll be able to find things easier. You'll be able to see what you have and not waste and you'll be able to have cleaner mental space. But how many of us get time to do that? You know, I'm, I'm the reason I have so much information on this subject is because of the amount that I research it because I'm so terrible at it. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, that, that part of it is, is important because uh, you said an evening. What if we had an entire day? What right. if, what if, um, you how know, cool would that be? Barbershops, they don't work on Mondays. What if we had every Monday to say, you know what? I get to work on the business. I get to, I think I get to organize my trailer that needs to be organized. I get to clean up the shop, spend the rest of the day responding to emails, um, keeping my CRM in line, uh, refreshing my email marketing. So now I don't have to do these things, uh, Tuesday through Friday evenings. I did it. In, I did it on Monday. It's being able to do those kind of things for our business and for for our companies. That that's true efficiency. That's true effectiveness. To say, hey, look, this is. It seems like another task, but it's not taking me away because I'm just devoting time to it. Yeah, yeah. We we can gain a lot by by getting time for stuff like that to make sure that we're we're being effective to make sure that we are working towards our goals and, and doing it in a good mental space you know not not feeling rushed through the whole thing and it, it's so easy to just say well I don't have time for for that that's why my trailer is a mess my truck you know needs new tires and an oil change and and my shop's a mess but I don't have time because I get home after dark everywhere's closed and all I can do is you know, eat and spend time with, you know, whatever the family, the kids, whatever you have. And, and then I got to get up and do it all over again. I, that's, that's my life. But if, if we own the company, then, then we do have a choice. We just don't always give it to ourselves. Right. We, we think that, um, I can't tell the world I don't work on Mondays. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. We just, we feel like, and, and I, I can be my own case study for that. Cause if you, if you think about, could you go to the builders or the homeowners that you have and say, look, me and my wife like to do some missionary work. I need to be gone for two months. I'm sorry that that would affect our ability to do your project. Like I, I would say there's no way you could ask that. You'd never work again. Yeah. But it's worked for us literally probably a dozen times. People have been so accommodating. They're so appreciative of what we're trying to do, and they've helped us make it work every time. We've never had to turn down. Uh, the possibility of doing stuff. So it worked and I didn't think it would, I, I wouldn't have thought it would. And, and that's the same thing with, with, with all of that. If you need it, then you, you should make it happen. If you, if you, if you work for someone else, if you're a sub and your truck's a mess or your shop's a mess, whatever it is. And you say, look, I need a Friday afternoon. I ha I have to do it. I need to spend it on my company and get it back to running clean and smooth so that I can be more prepared to take on. Cause that's what my goal is, is to do this, Long term, I need to I need to function sustainably, and I need an afternoon to devote to just that process. 
it's not very efficient if you're just looking at how much work can I pack into this week. Right. But if it's accomplishing your goal of being successful long term, then it is effective. And that was the main goal of this whole thing was that sometimes we do have to give up some efficiency to be effective. So since we uh we we, we made it to that point, let's hop back on uh the go board train. Uh because uh there uh it's an amazing company, it's an amazing product, and I've seen the the increase of I'm gonna just use the word speed because that's what we were looking for a lot of times. But um in addition to speed, I've seen the uh, the difference of um firmness from from the boards, the flexibility of having ten different alternative sealants to use to where now you're not in a crunch with like some other brands that, hey, you have to use this sealant or you have to use this type of um thin set or whatever for waterproofing. Uh Go Board allows you I think it's ten, like ten different sealants that you can use for seams or your screw holes, how how has that worked out for you? Because I'm I'm a big fan. I've only used GoBoard on one project, but it was like night and day with other ones. And the price is, you can't beat the price. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, you really can't. And for what you're getting too. And again, I'm not just saying that. I, I have I have gone through pallets of GoBoard this year already. I, I use so much of that stuff and it, the, the, um, the rigidity is a big thing for me cause that's what makes it more versatile. Yeah. I, I've, I've always just, just bugged me being able to, the, the movement that you can get out of some of the other boards has always just, I just, and when you're trying to do some really custom things like, um, go board screws to itself, like no other board on the market that I've, been exposed to yeah uh some of the cementitious based foam boards they tend to crumble on the edge when you try and and do that and then some of the membrane based boards they just the foam isn't dense enough to really bite a screw so building custom niches custom benches um you don't need to screw it together you can use the sealant but when when i make my niches and things like that it, it helps a lot to be able to screw it on the backside while everything dries and it changes things because now I don't have to wait for it to to dry, for it to hold its shape and be able to install it. And just that that versatility is is where why I choose GoBoard over over all the other boards that I've tried. Another thing that I've noticed about GoBoard is, uh, like you were saying about, uh, you know how sometimes when you cut certain boards, um, depending on how you cut them, if the the membrane peels. Uh, it'll start pulling off. Like GoBoard doesn't do that. Like you don't have the option to to pull anything no, off of GoBoard. No, it is it is that fiberglass fleece is is on there. Yeah. And I think the uh, the the new product doesn't have the fiberglass in it, which I know it is it matter. It, it didn't really matter to me, but there were some people that felt that was very important. So props to them for solving that problem for their their users. The new board doesn't have the fiberglass edge that the old one had. I haven't had the chance to get my hands on uh, the pro version, um, which wasn't uh, a pain point for me because uh, the fiberglass didn't really bother me. Now, yeah, when it did. got on me, did it itch? It did, but it, it wasn't enough 
to to frustrate me on a job site. It wasn't enough to to stop and make me want to go wash my arms or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and then after, I, carry, uh, I just keep baby powder in my truck and I use it in the morning if I am going to be using go board. And I've it honestly doesn't even. I, I don't usually notice any discomfort from it. I, I do know though that some guys found that a lot more frustrating. Some people maybe more uh, it bothers them more. Maybe it's more severe of a reaction for them. So. So you putting baby powders like just just rubbing it on your arms and and neck or anything like that? Yeah, well, I just do. I just put it on my arms, uh, my forearms, like where you rest the go board when you're carrying it. That's an old trick from doing fiberglass insulation. Yeah. Guys always use always use baby powder for that. So I just learned that from them, and it it works a treat for me. I, I and and it just didn't really ever bother me. And if it did, now you have an option where you don't have the fiberglass in it, and you get the same benefits as the the go board, but the, just the, the, the beefiness that I feel when I build stuff out of it yeah. is, is awesome. I, I just, I, I love it and I don't get paid to say that. So I right, just, I just right. love using it. I use it every day in the trenches. Like I build with this stuff. I don't just have, you know, I don't just buy it for someone else. And I've tried everyone that I'm aware of existing and when you take all of that and then you add the fact that sometimes, especially if you buy it in bulk, you can almost half the cost yeah. of other boards than it. That is efficient and effective. Uh, look, I was about to say for business wise, that's, yeah. that's being efficient and effective. You keep yeah. it on hand. You don't have to worry about waiting on it. Um, and, and the price point just keeps those profit margins as high as possible. Um, have you had a chance to use the point drain system? I have. Yeah. I actually, um, I actually worked with uh, Dwayne who, who works on the, the manufacturing side in the lab of GoBoard on that system. Um, many years ago at, at coverings, we, we sat down and talked about the, uh, the initial phases for that and, and his implementation of it. It works really well. The, the wedge idea solves a lot of problems for foam board uh, for foam pans. Gotcha. Uh, as far as their versatility, because I think that right now that is the downside to foam pans is they're just not very versatile. If it's a weird shape, if it's not level. I mean, there's to- there's um, built with foam options that you can get custom pans, uh, which I, again, one of those things that I haven't had the chance to get my hands on. Or I just hadn't made it a point to get my hands on. But uh, with a lot of foam pans, this is just my personal experience. I'm. I always run into uh, there needing to be some kind of doctor. Once you put yeah. membranes on it, once you put uh, the the drain flange on it, there's always some points that are low. You need you need to 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 manipulate them, um, get them to to where they're perfect for a certain mosaic, certain uh, pebbles or penny rounds, whatever it is, and it could be uh, not efficient so at the time the time that you're you're investing in fixing a pan you could have been done what you do and the pan is ready to go that's if you are amazing mud yourself. (laughs) well that that's been my the same experience for me that i i know some guys that that use those pans very successfully and, and good for them and and those that are producing them, you know, it, it was made to to fill a, a hole in the the trades that not everyone is, you know, has been taught how to do a, a mud pan. 
I, I had that benefit and I've been doing it for so long that it only takes me and Brianna about half an hour to pack most of our pans. And as soon as it's going to take longer than that to do some doctoring on the, the foam pans, then it doesn't seem to be worth the three or four or 500 time price increase over buying mortar mix. Right. Um, for me, for me, it, it did not prove effective for, for what I wanted to do. I've seen some, uh, there was a picture that I, that I, I looked on online uh, that I was going to use like for, for a background that it would, it would just wasn't working out for the ad that I put up yesterday, but uh, it was like, this huge go board shower from floor to ceiling. Uh, I didn't see the finished product of, of it, but it seemed that, like. Was it on John Manville, web, like the, one of their pages? This was on it your might have page. Been, it might have been one of mine. <laughs> yeah, I've done is, some pretty massive go board showers. This was on your page. Um, so how, how'd you, how did you get introduced to go board? Like how, how, do, how did the the first job are you getting your hands on the store? Uh, no, I, I think that it may have started that year in, in, uh, in Orlando when I sat down with, um, with Dwayne and the, the rep at the time he doesn't work there anymore. Um, and, and I, I, I think I sat down with them at their booth at coverings for three or four hours. And we, we talked about the problems of foam pans and, and they were interested in, 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 in building one out of their material because the the density that they achieve with their foam is is awesome, and yeah. it, and it it felt like it would solve some of the issues. So that's where that wedge system was born. Is us discussing the the ways we could overcome the problems that that foam pans had, and that that whole conversation, just the the desire that they had to come out with a good product that was actually going to work. It it got me interested in in them as a company, and so I. I had GoBoard available to me at the time and I started using it and ended up just bringing it in by the pallet from then on because it was, it was cheaper and it was a better product. So it didn't seem to have a downside for me, especially since the itch didn't bother me that bad. Look, I, um, I look forward to doing some big projects with GoBoard like you have. Or just any projects like you have to get on this level. I'm always looking up to uh, the big little tall guys in the industry. Um, <laughs> Me too. Uh, there, no matter how much experience you get, there is always someone way above you to learn from. And I'm always looking to learn uh, methods that's going to increase my efficiency. So I'm always looking at uh, these these guys that's cranking on work and I. If you see me in these groups, I'm constantly asking questions to be like, hey, man, how do you go about doing this? How do you go about doing that? Uh, and, of course, everybody's response is go work for somebody. It's Like, all right, well, you could answer my question. But <laughs> I nonetheless look up to to all of you guys in these groups. Um, I'm I'm thankful for companies like GoBoard, for the NTCA. That's that's always increasing uh, what we do improving what we do to to make our jobs better to make the industry better to allow us to make more money to uh offer a better service to our customers um i think it's a a a great opportunity and uh being able to to cover topics like this to share with other people on how to not only improve efficiency and effectiveness on the job site 
but to do it for the entire brand, for the entire company, which is really the most important part. I think that we definitely covered the topic. Um, we had a few people trickle in. Uh, Oakley Corbin in the beginning said that he started flooring tile with his dad, and that was is his only job as well, which is unique. Oakley was on the show a couple months or a couple weeks back. Amazing tile installer. I feel like all of you guys are people that I can look up to because one of these days I'll be installing like y'all. We covered the topic. Um, if you don't have anything else to speak on efficiency and effectiveness, please give everybody your handles. This is to the time to plug the little tile guy. Let everybody know where they can find you, how they can look you up, how they can follow you. Uh, and I, how they can keep tabs on you. And hopefully we'll get somebody to get a job when you do a job with you when you have the time. Because I know you. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I have pretty much little tile guy across all the platforms. So that's my Facebook little tile, little tile guy. Instagram is where I post most of my work. I would have a website, little tile guy.com. That's more for local. If you are looking for work done. And I think the, the best way to keep, to keep tabs on all the tile work that's being done is, is to keep up with shows like this one, all the the work that's being done on these podcasts that help keep us together. Even when we don't get to see each other as much as we normally do. Hopefully that'll change soon, but until then appreciate you letting me come on here with you. I had fun. Absolutely. It's always nice to talk shop. Oh, look, absolutely. Uh, if you ever need to, um, to, you know, link up with somebody that could probably use some organization because we're overworking. Just hit me up because I'm definitely that guy. Uh, um, I appreciate you being on the show. Uh, I just like to leave people with a, a little, a couple of takeaways. We we like to encourage. We want to encourage everyone out there, everyone that's listening, everyone that will listen to this episode. Just be mindful of crossing over from uh, effectiveness. Uh, to to efficiency and not letting it become being counterproductive. Um, a good takeaway is keep your goals in front of you. Keep your company goals in front of you. Even if you're an organization that is uh, big, that has crews, keep your goals in front of your crews to say, hey, this is why we're doing this. This is why we're on this job site. This is what we want to accomplish and not let it be always focused on a dollar sign. Keep those goals in front of you. If you're a small crew, if if it's just you, make sure you know why you started, why you exist, where you're trying to go. That way you can uh, maximize on your effectiveness and also incorporate that efficiency into it. Um, do not promise something that you can't provide. Or shouldn't. Uh, that, yeah. Or you shouldn't be providing. Don't Bite off more than you can chew because it can burn you. It can uh, it can take away from your productiveness and you might not see it. It may, it may take those dollar signs out of your pockets. So be mindful of the things that you take on, the things that are across your, come across your plate. Everything is not for every company. Do not jump on uh, every train that pulls up to the station. If it's not for you, let it pass and let the next company take it on. Thank you all for tuning in to the Floor Masters Podcast. Please 
go subscribe. Uh, we would love to get more engagement and more listeners, more followers. Um, we're on all platforms. This episode will be published uh, on the following Thursday and be on the lookout for the next episode after this one, which is going to be another episode on efficiency with IQ. So we're talking about how, how to maximize on uh, some more efficiency if that's what you're focused on. Um, thank you all for tuning in. Thank y'all for everything, for all being a fan. If you haven't had a chance to uh, go to our website, uh, thefloormastersmerch.com, so you can pick up some of these T-shirts and some gear to support the show so we can keep providing you this amazing uh, experience. Please do so. Until next time, we are signing out. Oliver, again, thank you for checking into the show, and I will talk to you soon. Awesome. No, 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 no.